Well, if it seems we pick on Odyssey, we do. And today, we offer a little muted praise on some things they're doing. Keith looks at some interesting personnel changes. And is Viacom, or Viacom, and CBS in play? And if they are, who would they bring to the dance? Hi, I'm Jackson Weaver, along with my lovely co-host, Keith Samuels, down in Southern California. And for Thursday, July 22nd, this is Media Insultant. Okay, Keith, we're back with Media Insultant for our Thursday edition. As you know, we do this twice a week, talk a little bit about radio, a little bit about TV, but a little bit about anything to do with media. Well, great. You know, if, if we can insult it, we're going to talk about it. So, you know, um, we, we, we're chock full with that. But, you know, there's there's lots of, uh, lots of stuff going on in radio land that's affecting people, and that kind of gets to the personnel moves that we'll talk about in a minute. But, but Odyssey is centralizing their... Their CHR, their uh, their hit radio stations, and their on-air talent, uh, syndicating their own talent. Uh, people are losing jobs. Everybody's up in arms about it, Jackson. What's going on with Odyssey and this centralization of formats? What does that mean to us as listeners? And what does that mean to these poor jocks who are getting fired? Well, I think some of it is still out to judge in terms of how the listeners are going to respond to it. it you're right. It's going to cost a lot of money, maybe or a lot of jobs. What they are doing... What Odyssey is doing is much like what they did with their country and their alt formats earlier this year, where essentially what they're doing is they're syndicating a couple of shows to their own stations. So their midday shows, their afternoon shows, their evening shows are all covered by one jock who covers all of their stations within that format. Now, they in some cases do retain a local morning show, but you can be sure those are the cheaper, <laughs> the cheaper versions. You know, what I love is they have this uh, press release that claimed that this will improve solutions for advertisers and listeners. Improve solutions. Okay, you guys, nothing is going to improve the solution better than cutting your spot load. If you listen to these stations, it just is, is almost unbearable, the spot load. Now, one of the other things they can do with this, Keith, is uh, they think they can push kind of national buzzy content, you know, the real hip stuff, into smaller markets. Who's going to go to Chattanooga if you're, if you're Justin Bieber? And, and, of course, I don't know about you, but I'm just dying to hear an interview with my favorite CHR artist. So maybe I'm the wrong demo on that. But it really, it really begs the question. If you're a listener in Chattanooga, would you like to hear him talking about Bands on the Bluff, a big local event? Or Justin Bieber, who happens to be in Cabo doing shots. I mean, where is the audience value in that kind of content? All right, now, I did say we would give them some faint praise, right? Yeah, right. I'm surprised this didn't happen some time ago. The technology's there. You're seeing iHeart quietly doing it. They're not making mm -hmm. a lot of noise about it. And, of course, as you said, lots of criticism from the nor normal pundits. But the truth is, they don't have any choice. I think it's smart. And inevitable. This mm. concept of live and local, a little bit of a misnomer when it comes to content. You know, where it originates is irrelevant. So if they can create really good content with anchored jocks in various parts around the country, you know, God bless them. But I think, I think it's going to be a struggle. They're doing the same thing now with production and imaging, which isn't anything new. You know, stations I've run, we used to outsource imaging to studios, and we didn't even have a production department. 
you know, we had a couple of guys who could do a spot or two, but most of our production we sent out. Uh, but to yeah, your point, yeah. you know, it it's going to cost jobs. And I, I always like to say, you know, when, th- when an industry changes, there are inevitably people who are going to be out of work. It's a, a little bit of an arcane example, but the Titanic, now I know it's sunk, so that <laughs> that is a that is not necessarily a reason I bring it up. But, you know, they had 177 guys who did nothing but shovel coal into their engines 24-7. 177 down in the bowels of that boat. Well, they're out of work, too. And so, you know, in even old school businesses like radio, I think, you know, it's time to move on. We're going to have a lot fewer jobs. It's going to be a lot less local. And we have yet to determine whether it'll be relevant. So there. Yeah, well, I, I, and, I, and I take this, this comment about, you know, uh, it'll improve the solutions we provide. You know, uh, you know, I read between that line and go, well, if I'm a local sale, seller in San Diego for Odyssey, I'm one of the few left, you know, that hasn't quit. <laughs> you know, how does it help me? that the afternoon drive jock got blown out and I've got some person I've never met from some other market, Milwaukee or from LA or wherever that's doing the, doing the shift. I think it, it allows them to imitate iHeart and what iHeart's done with shows like uh, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. So you know, they repurpose Ryan's show for, for later in the day listening. There's not a lot of local content. You know, it's, it's more national content, national personalities, Major, you know, whatever he's doing in New York, whatever he's doing in L.A., but it's an easy pitch to a national advertiser that we're going to put you into to Ryan's live morning show, and then that's going to extend into the syndicated, repurposed Ryan show, and oh, great, yeah. So, so it's it's a, it's an easy sell. So instead of having to replicate promotions in 400 radio stations or 200 radio stations that play the format, it's. It's just one or a couple of shot, couple of shows, and there's their national solution for the national agency in New York or LA or Chicago. So I, I think that's where they're getting at with a lot of this is that they that you know what you local guys are going to have enough inventory. You're going to have a couple of local shows, and by the way, we're sucking all this stuff up because iHeart's crushing us on national buys, and we're gonna we're gonna use this these national personalities to try to compete. Well, and in addition to cutting cutting down their, frankly, their out of pocket costs for the for the yeah. sales staff. I, I love the word uh, solutions. Uh, you know, I have yet to find an audience member who is looking for a solution. But you know, what can I say? As, as we have always said, you know, these PR releases are just <laughs> they're a riot. I don't know how people write them with a straight face. Hey, lots of moves going on. Uh, let's jump oh, into personnel yeah. files. Go ahead. Wow, it was it was a busy week last week in in media land. Uh, it's tough to keep track. You know, you think summertime it's going to slow down, but no, they're coming at us fast and furious. You know, the big news in television was that the Meredith TV station in Portland, the general manager of that station, Adrian Rourke, got picked to be the head, the president of the CBS O and O station group. So Wendy McMahon, who's overseeing news and TV stations. Now has Adrian running the television group, which is just a massively big jump and a great job for her. But uh, you know, and, there, and Meredith, I guess, is selling the station in Portland to Gray eventually. So, so I guess Adrian probably went, 
she took Wendy's call. And said, yeah, I'm out of here. You know, I don't want to work for Gray, so I'm good. I'm good to go. So uh, you know, that follows the move of the new GM at King TV in uh, in Seattle that we talked about. So lots of moves in television in the Northwest. It seems to be the farm system for you know these big companies. So good for them. Uh, iHeart had a big move in LA where Kevin Legrette, who's been overseeing L.A. for uh, all the iHeart radio stations, that, that's KISS and Coast and KBIG and KFI and KEIB and Alt 98.7 and uh, what am I missing? Something else. Oh, KLAC, of course, with sports. So Kevin oversaw L.A. and, and seven other markets, including Washington, D.C. Big job. I mean, the guy has a big job. He's overseeing, you know, 25% of all the revenue in the company, probably. Yeah. But that wasn't big enough. That wasn't big enough. So they've promoted him to be president of sports as well. Now, he's got a guy that does the programming for sports. That's Don Martin. Don Martin oversees the sports programming on Fox Sports Radio, which is the premier distributed iHeart-owned sports radio network, plus their own station here in L.A. Don's really good at his job. Uh, but Kevin's now overseeing the whole, everybody, every, every, every sports station, all the network stuff, everything else. I think it's just a bigger job for him and, and his buddy Don, who will end up doing all the programming. But they also named, to replace Kevin over L.A., Alexis Genus. So Alexis G., as she's known on LinkedIn, gets her first job in radio overseeing the most successful radio cluster in the world, and that is the L.A. Uh, iHeart cluster. Yeah. So, you know, if there's a great place to start in radio... That would be it, um, because it is so well run, and the people there are so great, uh, for the most part. She'll learn a lot, uh, but I think it's also because she's she's going to be able to help, um, you know, major client uh, relationship and high level client relationship, and that's really what's guiding the big budgets that move to iHeart all the time. And you know, there's also some other things. Uh, a couple of th- quick things. Summit Media. Carl Palmer, who I knew from uh, back in the day, uh, he runs Summit Media. Named three market presidents in two days in the press. So Green, he hires a new manager for Greenville. He hires a new manager for Louisville and a new manager for Omaha. Boom, boom, boom. So uh, I guess they had one guy running three markets. Now they've got a guy in each market. So. So Carl, uh, you know, is relieving John Walker of some of those duties, and then they hire a guy in uh, in Omaha uh, to replace a woman who'd been the market manager for just two years, and uh, they find this guy Rick Parrish, whose last job I can find was seven years ago. Love the fact they brought a guy off the beach. Wow, that's that's kind of almost out of left field. Be like hiring me, you know. Been, <laughs> once you've been on the beach a while, you start to you know you want you don't want to lose the tan. Anyway. Uh, so interesting moves at Summit Media. But lastly, another change in South Florida. iHeart named uh, Tony Yip to be their SVP of sales. So what they did a few months back is that they promoted a woman named Sherry Gonzalez to be market president. She'd been the DOS. They, they wait a couple of months. They hire Tony to be the DOS. So now he's got that job. Same thing happened over at, at, at Odyssey a while back where they fired their market manager, hired a new one. The takeaway from all this action that Odyssey, CBS Intercom, and iHeart have both got new market managers, and they've been turning them over every couple of years in South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. In the meantime, sitting over at the third cluster in the market, the big competitor, Cox Media, running that great cluster of radio stations over at the Hollywood Palace of Radio, is one Ralph Renzi, who's been the market manager since 2017. So here Cox has had wonderful secession plans, stable management there for the last decade or more. 
and the other guys are changing hands right and left. You know, Ralph is Ralph's the Ralph's the main man in, in Miami, and he's killing it. And the other guys are just burning and churning. So it's fun to point these out and see what's happening, uh, particularly in a market like Miami, which is a big market. To have that much churn and turnover in two of the top three groups is just stunning to me. And you know, and Ralph is just probably just kicking back and kicking ass. I think the one thing though that still is up is with Cox's new ownership. The question, you know, the PE firm that has acquired Cox Radio and TV is how long is the Cox patience and the Cox management style going to going to last? So we're going to... We'll, we'll so far, it. so good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. So Sun Valley, Idaho is a lovely spot. You've been there many times, uh, as have I. It's um, fabulous. And every year they do a big media deal. Allen and Company does a confab. And you know, as I said to you earlier, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I'd love to hear some of the conversations. Because in so many ways, everybody gets together. These are very, very competitive type A people. And they get together, and it's kind of like going to Switzerland. It's neutral territory. <laughs> so you can yeah. mingle and talk to anybody. But, of course, the mingling and the talking to anybody gets rumors going. And in this case, the rumor that we wanted to talk about is – CBS, Viacom, or Viacom, CBS, for sale. And that's the real speculative thing. Uh, what, what's your thought on it? Sherry Redstone was uh, said to be flitting about. Sherry Redstone, of course, is chairman of uh, Viacom. Uh, what, what's your read on what's going on at the Allen & Company event? Well, the, the observers are always watching to see who's talking to who. You know, and if you're not talking to anybody, you're just there hanging out. You're not you're not really kind of engaged in in intrigue and deals. But clearly Sherry was. She was talking to everybody. And we're talking everybody meaning like the guy that owns Discovery, um, you know, uh, guys that, you know, own mega media companies and kind of like, well, you know, hey, you know, maybe she's willing to uh to to sell CBS, Viacom CBS. And um, uh, I mean, obviously, it would, you know, it, it, this is this is this is silly money. This is billions and billions and billions of dollars. But the guys she's talking to all have billions and billions <laughs> and billions of dollars to spend. So this is the elite of the elite. This is the big of the big, and this is the only place and only time that they can go hang out with other really really big, other really really rich, other really really successful uh, media company heads. And, uh, and, and stuff gets done in those kinds of situations. And they're clearly speculating that Sherry is shopping it. She's kind of going, hey, you know, what do you want to, what do you think? Uh, you know, and they've got the paparazzi are all taking pictures of everybody walking. Oh, here she is walking with this guy. And here she is walking with that guy. So, well, you know, we'll keep an eye on this. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, but it, you know it, it was her dad's company. And we'll see if, uh, if she's really got her heart in it to run it for a while well, or not. And what kind of new world is it where CBS Viacom may not be big enough to compete. And that's really what we're talking about here. You know, and th this yeah. is really hard to believe. They did $25 billion in revenue last year, and they had about a $5 billion EBITDA. But they're behind the curve, Keith. They're behind the curve in OTT. They're behind in streaming. They're just getting rolling with Paramount+. Plus. You know, they brag they've got 29 million subscribers, but Netflix has 200 million subscribers. Netflix produces more in a couple of weeks than Viacom does in a year. And so, <laughs> you know, I think Sherry has got to be looking at this and saying, I, I don't know that I can compete in this space and make any money. And don't forget Pluto, which is that ignored ad-supported network. They're behind the curve, too. So 
I think my takeaway on this whole thing is is that the the market now is looking at the stock. They've discounted it sixty percent since March. It's mm. down from a hundred mm. to about thirty eight forty, something like that. Mm. So it's between a hold and a sell, which is not a good place to be if you're publicly traded. And the real question, though, I have is who's big enough to absorb Viacom without antitrust scrutiny that would kill the deal? What's your speculation? Well, probably some, yeah, probably somebody without uh, an over-the-air uh, net television network. Probably somebody that doesn't have a station group that they'd have to have some overlap and have to you know dispose of some stations and 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 uh, and so forth. Or maybe the television stations get sold at somebody and. One of the big studios, or one of the big, you know, look, look at what Disney did with, you know, Warner Brothers. So, you know, it, it's, it's it's very interesting, and I think that these are not distressed assets. These are really good assets. She knows she's got things going. What she's worried is that it will get distressed going forward, and with market pressures and with other OTT and 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 subscription services competing, that she might not be as sexy next year as she is this year. Right. Right. So yeah, I think there might be I think there might be some stuff happening. It could be interesting. I, you know, I, it certainly made for an interesting gossip week at the end of last week when everybody's going, "Oh my gosh, sure, Redstone's talking to everybody. They, they must be for sale." But and then again, she might turn around and buy somebody. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah, that is possible. But Sherry Redstone likes to play, and I think she'll tease these guys. I'm not sure she's ready to to throw in the towel in any way. And frankly, okay. she's going to get a lot more value out of this group. If they can firm up Paramount Plus subscriptions and really get Pluto running without cannibalizing their CBS TV stations, do those two things, and you know she's going to have a sixty or seventy dollars stock today. She's got a thirty-five, forty dollars stock. I, yeah. I think she's going to play it. I think she's going to tease. I don't think she's going to play okay. for a while. I think we're we're going to see her just doing that teasing. I think she likes being involved in the business. And I don't blame her. Sun Valley's a nice place to be. If you've sold your station, sold your TV network, sold your studio, nobody wants to hang you with you. Wouldn't get an invite. Yeah, you wouldn't get the, you wouldn't get the invite first of all. Then you know there's nobody to hang with. So exactly. Uh, well, well, we'll just we'll just mark this date in Captain's Log, July 22nd, where we speculated about the future of CBS and. And um, and you you come down saying that um, uh, she was just teasing everybody. I'm coming down saying, I think she's going to take the money and run. Time will tell, Keith. Uh, that's <laughs> got to do it for today's media insultant. Uh, we've done it again. Uh, we're available on both video and audio podcast, and we are still looking for that sugar daddy sponsor. You know, it's been days, and you know the phones have not rung. But we're too proud to beg, aren't we? No. Okay. No. Thank no, you. We, we, we beg. Yeah. Yeah. Please. All right. Keith, we'll do this again <laughs> yeah. next yeah. week. In the meantime, you go and have a good week. You too, Jackson. Have a great one, buddy. We'll see you next week.